Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Trumbull letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. The last episode of the year. You can watch this, or sorry, listen to this. You're not watching this. Uh, no, please just, don't watch this. Or maybe you could be <laughs> like staring at your phone like you are watching it, but you actually aren't watching it. Um, <laughs> oh, or like the previous, like Windows Media Player, play it in the old version of that where you can watch the visualizer <laughs> while we talk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just fuck it. Oh, I was going to say take some like edibles or something but i don't know but yeah you know fuck it take some edibles just (laughs) listen to us watch the visualizer that would be that would be a vibe for sure um yeah last episode of the year and we're talking rare exports uh i wish i could say we're closing the year out with a bang but not really I feel like my, I might be in a bit of disagreement because I I, I really really liked this movie actually. Okay. 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 Yeah, and I, I feel like I'll be in the middle on yeah. it. Mm, we got the full spectrum. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It looks like it looks like we 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 have yeah exactly we have differentials here. Yeah. Uh, which is always makes for a good podcast at the very least. Rather than us just being like, oh yeah, this was a shitty movie, which was like us on the last recording when Steve and I were talking about Hellraiser three and uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, those were those were not fun. It's like, wait, why are these considered (laughs) underrated classics? They're not. (laughs) Yeah, stay buried. That was the weekend that I got sick, and I feel like my body just could tell for some reason before that (laughs) podcast. That's the only explanation I have. Did you end up watching those movies? I don't think we actually got what you thought of those movies. I watched, I definitely watched The Night of the Living Dead, but then I was feeling too nasty to get a, I would consider a full appreciation for Hellraiser because I was kind of in and out of it. Um, but Night of the Living Dead was a trip, that's for sure. Um, it had definitely had some good scenes that, ma- or Return of the Living Dead, sorry, I keep saying Night of the Living Dead. Uh, it definitely had some good scenes that made me cringe and go, oh, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't even know if I can give that movie a rating. I can't. I feel like I've forgotten a little bit of it too uh, in all this time, but. Uh, but yeah, rare exports. Uh, what is this movie about? In the depths of the Cora, Corva Turinturi Mountains. Corva Tunturi. There we go. Mm. Uh, 486 meters deep lies the closest ever guarded secret of Christmas. The time has come to dig it up. This Christmas, everyone will believe in Santa Claus. This is the wildest summary I've ever read, I think just perfect uh the movie itself not perfect but that summary <laughs> was perfect uh, when was the first time we watched this movie oh for the podcast i i this is another one that i had heard of before but i didn't realize first of all that it was a christmas movie and second of all that it was a finnish movie so that was both uh very interesting surprises when i started watching it 
Yeah, I think I saw it roughly around when it came out because uh, Yilmari Halander, the director and writer of this film, who writes it with his brother, Yuma, I think his name was. Um, he just, his inventiveness I always interests me because he went on to do a Big Game with uh, Samuel L. Jackson afterwards. Okay. Um, and I want to say that he also... Yeah, maybe he, I thought he did Troll Hunter, but I don't think he did Troll Hunter. Um, but then this week, this year, he did Zizu. Um, I have a because th- between like this and a movie like Troll Hunter, I I I like when uh, when the Scandinavian directors play around with mythos mm-hmm. um, and kind of. I mean. They they put their own kind of spin on it, and I mean this is this is the part of the world where like stories like Krampus and stuff come out of. So that's mm-hmm. I, I love I love when they're playing around in that sandbox, and he just kind of throws everything at the wall and sees what sticks. Um, some works better than others, but I don't know. There's something about these creepy Santa elves um, that really Wait, gets me. Steve, you're forgetting they're naked elves too. Yeah, I could have done without all of them being naked in a room with an underage actor. That was a little um, uncomfortable. And especially the fact that the the underage actor is in, like, his underwear for, like, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Which is is a bit strange. But it it, it also shows um, the disconnect between European films and between North American films, because you would never see that in North American films, but it's not even a concern when it comes to a European film. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's just maybe our ingrained North American sensibilities that make that, that, that put a connotation on it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just something just fun and, non-horror there's i i must stress that i feel this that rare imports down to its t is not a horror film uh it is an, a fantasy adventure with a bit of mystery on it but it didn't it never really felt horror to me no. hmm. it it does kind of feel like there's a little bit of tension at times there's a little bit of gore but not a whole lot um, no it's a fable above anything. It's like a modern fable. Yeah. Yeah, it almost goes a little too far into fantasy and takes away the fear. Like they could have played a little bit more on It's almost like they made um the main character of uh the little boy too brave in a sense because then mm-hmm. you didn't really feel any of fe- the fear too much through him other than in the beginning of the the movie when he's a little bit apprehensive about things. But then after a while, he's kind of just like, now nah, you know what? Fuck it, I got this. And then it, it just, yeah, it goes on into full like fantasy adventure almost. Yeah. And it's funny, um, uh, Ani Tamila, who plays Pitari in this film, the kid, mm-hmm. um, is the real-life son of Yorma Tamila, who plays uh, uh, Ron- Rono. Um, he was also Zizu in, uh, in um, um, uh, Helander's uh, new film this year. Mm. Uh, and I love Yorma Tamila a lot. Like he, anytime he shows up, he is just chewing the scenery in a way that he only he can in this kind of grumpy, um, sort of I don't know sort of way. Like he's also really great in Big Game, um, and just fucking rocks in Zizu. Um, 
but yeah, this was the first place I ever saw him. And I was like, this, he's, he is just like everything of this genre filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved the, the, the real father son connection there though. I, I feel like mm. you could feel it through their characters in the movie as well, which mm. I think is one of the reasons that I, I do like this movie. Cause I, I love a good character relationship in it. And when you can like kind of feel it coming through the screen a little bit more because there's the real world connection like that. I, I really liked that. And then especially at the end where uh, they both kind of get their triumphant moments a little bit at the same time. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of, mm -hmm. it's like paralleling each other a little bit. I, that part really got me. <laughs> and the training and conditioning of the elves to their own business sensibilities is fucking hysterical. It yeah. makes me laugh so hard because it's just like, oh, the adaptability of these people. Yeah. That they saw the opportunity and without even a second blink, we're like, oh, well, let's make it lucrative. Yeah. I kind of love that. I, I kind of love that. And it, it is it is just like a little slice of brilliance at the end. I mean, and and it, it's crazy. This It feels like a lot transpires in this in discovery to moving towards resolution and it's only an hour and 24 minutes so including credits you're only it's like over an hour 19 worth of screen time yeah. mm -hmm. um, all right uh oh i don't think i mentioned the first time i watched this this is actually a first time watch for me on the podcast because i had never seen this before so just uh yeah i heard about it i knew of it i just never gave it a chance and i think uh this will be a one and done for me <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough I don't yeah think i'll need to revisit this again anytime soon um <laughs> but i mean it was still interesting to watch especially because i've seen sizu so kind of comparing it to that uh sizu i think is a much more even and entertaining film than this uh, and you have to i i mean I, as far as production wise and scope like it, it is it impressive it i i find it mass like wildly impressive that he's able to get this film to look as interesting as it does yeah because because he had i i mean i'm trying to look up the budget on this one but it it feels high budget for it was only yeah. It, judging, uh, you know, adjusting to um, to American money, it was only just under two million dollar production. Yeah, uh, two. It was a two million euro production. Mm. So like, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm very. Uh, it's it's very impressive for for being worth that much money. Yeah. Okay. Uh, got a few emails. Jesse says, when I was in high school, my biology teacher, who we were certain was permastoned, showed us this on the last day before Christmas break. <laughs> Definitely broke a lot of rules, but fuck it. Best way to end the year before the holiday break. Yeah, like no showing penises in school. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of rules that were probably crossed. No. But, I mean, something tells me that the principals that everyone just probably just are like, this teacher is just... They just know them. They just are like, and at least it's high school. It's not like middle school or elementary school or something. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I will say this movie probably might benefit from being slightly stoned when watching it as well. If, especially yeah. if you find yeah. it a little bit boring. Like this movie, uh, 
just because of some of the campiness and the explosions and stuff, I think you might have a good time. What I do take slight offense with is I don't get the biology angle of this. Like, if you're a biology teacher, what in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Like, history, sure. English literature, sure. Biology? No, no, I don't don't buy it. (laughs) I think your teacher just wanted an excuse to not teach you for a day, which is fair. Um, And then Kyle says, was anybody else bored by this movie? Yeah, I was. Thanks, Kyle. I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it felt like there was a there was a lot of dull points in this movie, and uh, I don't know. Can I mention something that I saw in a sec? Because this is my second viewing of it. I noticed yeah. something on the second one. There's slight foreshadowing. Um, there when they show the explosion on the top of the mountain when they're on the kind of the bottom. The smoke comes out as two giant horns. Oh, oh that's pretty cool. I missed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, on the second, on, on my viewing just uh, just last night, I was like, oh shit! I I wrote that. So I wrote that down because I thought that was interesting. Cool. I did not notice that, but yeah. to be fair, I was probably on my phone a little bit too when I was but, watching this movie. W- well, and if it was a first time watch for you guys, you guys wouldn't get the context until later, right? Yeah. Uh, and then Wendy says, this movie breaks the cardinal rule. You can't tease this epic monster and then not show it. Yeah. No. Mm, I, no. I, I, I feel so conflicted on this because part of me kind of agrees, but part of me is also like, it would have been a total blowout if Santa had actually come to life. Like, none of these characters would have survived. Like, they, no. they, they got lucky in the way that they did things with the elves, basically, because they knew how to wrangle elk. But I I think if Santa had come to life, maybe it would have been an actual horror movie at that point, though, because Santa would have just, I think he would have decimated everybody. Yeah. (laughs) It would have been Bill Goldberg. Yeah. Would have been like... um... Santa slays again. (laughs) Bring it back to that classic. (laughs) Love it when wrestlers become santa that's something that needs to happen more often um it's not it's not christmas until chris katan gets kicked through the cabinet of course (laughs) um yeah i think it would have been interesting if like maybe they had like one scene where just santa lets loose but then you like put a cap on him get him back in the seal but that wouldn't have really worked, I guess, with, like, what they were doing with the movie. But, like, yeah. I was kind of, like, I knew there was going to be a point. I I didn't realize that we weren't going to see Santa at all. But I did have a feeling, like, if we were going to see him, it was going to be, like, a very brief and quick mm-hmm. thing. Like, it wasn't going to be, like, oh, here's Santa for, like, 30, 40 minutes in this movie. I thought it was just going to be, like, a quick little scene. But I do think the movie could have benefited a little bit from, like him just like wreaking havoc and carnage for like five minutes or something that would have been mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. Mm, yeah mm-hmm. i i i did really like them cutting off the horns before they exploded the whole shebang though i kind of thought that was funny and very like i mean they're obviously hunters who were looking for a payday so yeah. uh it just it made me laugh when they walk out with the horns and i'm like yep that seems about right yeah can we talk about the grass dolls for a second yeah. Oh, those were creepy. They fucking worked for me. I don't know 
there's just something about them um that aesthetically is so fucking weird and out there like how do you even come up with this weird shit like like i don't know it just i don't know i i really i really dug what they were going for with that um and i mean it also makes that training scene that much th- th- that much better in the end yeah yeah um okay uh it's to the, the the awards best uh, line in this movie <laughs> oh i mean i think the one that i wrote down um was right at the end when pietari says tell dad what i did and it almost made me cry because i was like oh my god you brave little boy you're gonna save this whole group of people by sacrificing yourself to these evil creepy santas um Mm -hmm. that that one got me um and also not really a line but i liked like the set and how the barn had a big number 24 that Mm -hmm. directly matched the two doors on his advent calendar for the uh the 24th of december um that was almost a little foreshadowy too, because he puts tape over that shit and doesn't mm-hmm. open it, yeah. um, and that's where Santa winds up getting exploded. So I thought that was cool too. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I I really like that moment of taping the door, and you're like, "What? What's that yeah. all about?" Like, I I think that's really great. Yeah. Um, I like him addressing the the, the Coca Cola Santa as a hoax. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> really funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and. Just any of the, the um, I really like all of the interactions between father and son because you feel that bond, and I think that's the fact that they're they're actually our father and son that there is a real connection between the two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because I mean, your your Matamila is so fucking up. Yeah, any any gruff line that he gives, uh, I'm all about. Especially when he's there hacking at a uh, the pig's body with an axe, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. And his son's like closing his eyes super tight so he doesn't yeah. see anything. <laughs> yeah. What his dad does for a living, and still he has he he's not allowed in certain places. Yeah. But it's their livelihood. It's it's kind of crazy. I went with the 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 Christmas uh, or Coca Cola Santa's a hoax. That was what I went with, yeah. Um, best performance. No, you're a Matamilla. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I... and Oni. Oni is really great in this too. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. the, the kid actors are really actually not insufferable in this, which is pretty rare for child actors, to be honest. Well, and he's the full-on lead in in Big Game, uh, Oni Tamila. Uh, and I, I think this movie made it easier for him to saddle the heavy load of that movie. Um, he, he's a he's a fun little actor for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like it can sometimes be hard because I find a bit of a disconnect when the movies aren't in English for me to hear, you know, how lines are being delivered and that kind of thing. So I, I never am quite sure with best performance, but I am always impressed by 
like child actors in general and the emotion and character they're able to portray even being so young i don't know why i'm so impressed by that but i am so i i was gonna give it to uh oni for this one for sure uh yeah no i, I was gonna go with oni because yeah like i feel like for child actors they obviously don't have the experience that their adult uh actor brethren have so for them it's a lot harder and i felt like oni did a great job uh, considering that, yeah, compared to the adult actors, he has far less experience. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, best kill in this movie. I, I the the pickaxe to the head. It's so quick though. Yeah, there's not a lot to choose from in this. Both movies no. this week were like, eh. like I, yeah. yeah, like I guess the pickaxe. Like it's the only one that yeah. you really get to like get a decent amount of time with yeah i also enjoyed watching santa explode i i think that was <laughs> that was not terrible either and just like the the look on the dad's face as he's in the truck and it explodes like he almost looks excited it was just it was kind of wholesome almost yeah mm-hmm. yeah um all right dumb decision Digging up evil Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, corporate greed over, um, world domination. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck you, Elon it's, Musk. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Go fuck yourself, Elon Musk. It was probably him that told him to dig it up too. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. He is that kind of asshole, a hundred percent. Yes, he is. He's the guy that would open a fucking tomb. For personal glory rather than saving the world. I'm just going to put that out on Twitter. I'm going to be like, you know, Elon Musk, he opened up uh, Santa's Santa's tomb to get in there. So Exactly. And not even for the rare exports idea, but he would probably steal that from from our, uh, our two heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything that can be monetized, I'm sure he yep. would swipe up. Yep. Exactly. The guy that makes you want to pay $8 for a blue check mark. Man, fuck really, that. Never uh, going to happen. Yeah. Never going to happen. get the blue check mark, it was like a sign that you made it. You know, a sign that you were, you know, you you have enough of an impression on uh, mm-hmm. civilization that you, you get that far. Now it's like, yep. oh, pay, pay $8 a month and I'll give it to you. Yeah. Could be any jackass. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, look, it's PokemonNews.net, blue check mark, like, whatever. No. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I think it's time to score this. Uh, I think everyone else should go first, because I'm going to be the lowest by a long shot. I can <laughs> okay, well, I'll start it off at the highest then, because I'm going for a 9 out of 10. Nice, um, nice. I, I just, I have soft spots for, like, like you were talking about, Steve, like kind of bringing your own folklore into things and giving things a bit of a twist. I I really, it made me laugh when I realized that the old men were Santa's elves and that they're the ones causing havoc on his behalf, basically, until he could be reborn. So um, just all of that, plus um, just the, the, the ending really got me kind of with kind of how triumphant it is that they're both father and son are taking on Santa in their own ways and were victorious in the end and 
Uh, it helped their father-son relationship. And then that super corny scene of them training the Santas and, like, shipping them away in boxes. It just had this, the atmosphere to it was just silly. Um, but, uh, yeah, also fantasy folklore. And I just, I I really, really liked this movie. So I'm giving it a nine. <laughs> I love the varying of how in training they are. You have the ones that are still looking menacing and everything. And then there's like the one that's doing well and loves his little doll. And they put the Santa hat on him and everything. Like there's just something like beautiful. Like that. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with an eight on this one. Um, just because there's something, there's something really Christmassy wholesome that is like buried in, in threads within this movie that I think work. I love. I've always loved the Scandinavian kind of sensibilities in in filmmaking. I always have, like whether it be mm-hmm. a Swedish film, a Norwegian film, or a Finnish film. I've always kind of had a, an affinity towards these type of films. Um, so it succeeds on that level. Yeah, maybe a bit more depth would have improved it. Um, I'm not as chapped about not seeing a fully realized Santa rampaging around and destroying people. Cause I don't know if that was exactly the point. Um, but yeah, I still dig this movie and uh, the Tamilas rule. And um, yeah, I, I, I love this filmmaker too. So uh, if, if he keeps, uh, keeps making killer flicks, I mean, Zizu might, I think at this point is his crown owning a demon because it's just it's gorgeously shot and so well plotted and the fact that there's like no like real dialogue for a lot of it i mean john woo could have learned a little something for that before going into silent night yeah okay i'm gonna give this a four out of ten i was just bored i don't know (laughs) i'm in no rush to watch this again uh i would rather watch Chris Kattang get kicked by <laughs> a wrestler Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just this this movie didn't really do much for me. It just I, I can see what it was going for, but it just never really landed with me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not not my favorite holiday horror movie by a long shot. I think that still goes to Black Christmas. Uh, which, uh, if anything, the whole time watching this movie, I was like, I really just want to be watching Black Christmas instead right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So. And with that, Tremble's done for 2023. Woohoo. Woo! Woo! Yeah. And then we're going to be back uh, January 10th, I think, is the first episode back after the new year. Yeah. And uh, we'll be talking about Lake Placid. So that's... Nice. Yeah. Betty White, uh, one of the few horror movies she ever did. I think it might be the only one. Probably. I don't know. Now I need to find out if Betty White did any other horror movies. But (laughs) um, yeah. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, threads, and letterbox under the steeple dead i can find my website uh, website steve um and then if you go to shift heads on facebook or shiftheads.ca, you will find uh um my video podcast with shane hewitt i'm still doing uh, what the hell should i watch which was what i used to do on the nationally syndicated show that got canceled uh, uh i guess a couple weeks ago now 
And uh, yeah, uh, and if you have a podcast and need a guy to blather on about movies uh, constantly, uh, you can hit me up um, in any of those places I just brought up. And I'm also on After the Credits with uh, Marina, Bill, and Melissa. In our latest episode, we just did Saltburn uh, with varying degrees of people liking or not liking that one. Yeah, that's a divisive movie for sure. I fucking loved it just for as a spoiler, but. I liked it too, but I definitely didn't think it was uh, as good as Promising Young Woman. But I, I do think it was good. I think it's mm-hmm. a very daring movie in some mm-hmm. ways. Well, for sure. Many places. And Barry Keegan is just going for the gusto in that one. And um, for a guy, uh, for me personally, I didn't really like Jacob Elordi's performance in Priscilla as Elephus. And he made up for it big time with this film. Uh, nowhere as exciting. Mostly just Instagram under the username Tegronomicon. And at some point, if I do anything else online, I will probably post about it on my blog, which is uh, currently circeanic.home.blog. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm over at threeingreennerds.com. We've got new stuff going up every so often, mostly every day. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm over at that hashtag show as well. And, uh, yeah, anything else, you'll find me on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt. Again, fuck Elon Musk, I refuse to call it X. Even though X is technically shorter to say and should be easier, I just refuse to call it X because I just think calling a social media one letter is just stupid. It's so stupid. And dead naming everything X means that you're not a genius. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there, like, some Elon Musk movie coming out? <laughs> Is they also called Axe? I don't know. I... Probably <laughs> is. And then I... it's like Ty West sues him, and then, you know, all, only good things can happen there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought there was like a movie coming out, like an, uh, a biography about him or something. But, oh, yeah, Darren Aronofsky is making it, which I think will be interesting. That will be interesting. Hopefully he's not. it's not a sycophantic movie of praising him. And hopefully it's a movie that says what we're all thinking, and that's go fuck yourself, Elon Musk. That'll just be like the last <laughs> line in the movie. Just go yeah. fuck yourself, Elon Musk. Go fuck yourself, you fucking self-centered asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm on uh, Letterboxd, Fatal Koala. I've been pretty good at keeping things up to date on there. I think I need to update my scores and the list for... Uh, this podcast but aside from that like i'm pretty up to date so i finalized my top 25 of the year by the way so go check that out if you want my uh best movies of the year there's still some movies i need to see and if i really need to i'll update my list but i'm pretty confident my my list is what it is so um yeah well until 2024 and when we talk about lake placid Bye for now. See you next year. Woo!